ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Iron Overload Hardcore Episode 51. This is going to be a fun one, guys. I'm going to speed through this one. And we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. It's called Stereo, uh, Steroid Stereotypes, Hype, or Truth. So this is a really good one. Mobster and I, we talked about this one on the pre-show. And look, at the end of the day, um, you know, let's start out with the, the stereotype about, you know, bodybuilders and meathead and all that stuff. What's going on? Um, what what caused that? And I, um, you know, I'll point to Arnold. Arnold started doing those stupid comedies in the in the eighties and 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 even early nineties, where he played like you know a dumb meathead and and a goofball. Like I use the mo- the movie Twins that he did with Danny DeVito. He played this naive. Um, I mean, he was supposed to be the intelligent twin or whatever, but he wasn't. He was like the naive dumb twin of um Danny DeVito in that movie. It was a really, really stupid movie, by the way. It had a couple funny parts, but it was pretty stupid. But you know, he played that stereotype. But in real life, Arnold was a really, really intelligent guy. And if you look at him today, he doesn't have that persona. So of being, you know, just dumb meathead and stuff. So that negative stereotype really, really is easy to kind of beat down you know if you just take a look at the the way arnold is now and then also mobster on the pre-show he was talking about how people who bodybuild and people who use steroids and stuff it's actually we're more wealthy i'll I'll let you talk about it mobster yeah 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 yeah. so so they profiled this some years ago steve um okay right so in order to buy steroids and or train and eat clean you need to have more money than perhaps someone else, uh, the typical person in the street or whatever. So, for example, and his, this was the statistics, and I'm doing this from memory, guys, so please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. So higher disposable income, which means basically, guys, you've got more money to spend on your sport, on your hobby. Uh, typically, higher education, that means college, university. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a degree or a master's, but you've been to college you have a better than average IQ. Uh, the typical user was, I believe, and this is something and also that Steve and I promote and, and, and push in that particular regards, early to mid-20s. Our preference is always going to be mid-20s onwards in terms of performance-enhancing drug use. Now, where does the, ster- the stereotypes come from? Okay. And I've probably been guilty of this. I consider myself reasonably intelligent with some disposable income and so on. But if you're super, super keen on a sport, it might be chess, but it might be working out. That tends to be the thing that you end up talking about, which is kind of, it doesn't strike people as balanced or well-educated. So, and here's the, it's, it's kind of crazy, Steve, because you can, lots of sports have actually taken to aspects of bodybuilding in terms of coaching and preparation for their sport. For people that were weight training and weightlifting for years, other people, pros from basketball and tennis, started to use that stuff. So the bodybuilders were doing something like that. Bodybuilders were manipulating their diets for the longest time 
compared to, say, other sports again. And when other sports realised they could stay lean and functional, they started to look at the bodybuilding diet, the bodybuilding lifestyle. Same thing with regards to performance-enhancing drugs. We are more likely, uh, with maybe an argument to be made for powerlifters, to experiment with, to get something from, and to have a good idea of how these work in practical terms in athletes, because we were out there doing fucked up crazy shit as well as the more sensible stuff. And we said, okay, this works if you're drier, this works for strength, this works for keeping your muscle on, this works for recomposition. And then the other athletes can come in that need to make weight, wrestlers, MMA again, and so on. And say, okay, what's what's that fella that competed that's always looked muscular all the time? He's not a big bloke. I'm not a big bloke. What's he do? And then copying those examples. So that stuff came in again. But it's, this, it's the meathead stereotypes, Steve. So, for example, and again, I put my hand up in this particular regards. Have I walked around with a bandana on as a teenager? God help me, Steve. Yes. Have I walked around with baggies or spandex on at work, Steve? Coming out of my overalls at work? Yes. Have I done some of the dumbass, stupid meathead stereotype stuff done? Yes. Hands up. I'm guilty. I apologize in advance. Was I kicking ass at work? Yes. Was I doing incredibly well in training? Yes. Was I making a name for myself in that particular regards to the point where I'm able to do this podcast now? Yes. So, yeah, I was I was identifying, as we like to call it in these day and age, Steve. I was, you know, whether it's colouring my hair or having tattoos or whatever, as other people do, to identify with a particular niche in society, I was identifying. I saw myself as a quote-unquote bodybuilder, so I dressed like a quote-unquote bodybuilder. And in reality, I'd have made a better impression if I'd been wearing a dress shirt, tapered, to accentuate my small waist, good good shoes or whatever. Had my hair styled a certain way and still had a nicely muscular physique. I'd have been better off wearing maybe a polo shirt and some nice chinos or something and still having good arms and good forearms and good shoulders and whatever else. So I get why people think what they think, but in reality, it's completely different. So, yeah, I mean, let me let me touch on that. That's just a stereotype. Let's give you an example again. And these are the stereotypes that people have. They think, for example, Steve and I discussed in the pre-shows. If I take the same drugs as you're taking, I can look like you. No, no, you can't. My genetics come from my granddad. My genetics come from my dad, from aunties and uncles. Unless you come from my side of the family, you're not going to look like me. And that applies to anybody else. Steve said, Steve's five and a half foot tall. He's never going to be a top-level basketball player because he's not fucking six foot nine. And neither am I. I don't have that athletic ability, and I could take all the drugs that any basketball player we've ever met is going to take, and, and I'm taller than Steve. I'm still not going to be a top level. Steve will kick my ass on the court, hundred percent. He's fitter than I am, more agile than I am. Drugs doesn't change that. So there's an idea. I get this even when we go to gyms. I think Steve's probably had this in the gym, same as what I have. Oh, if I took those those drugs that the pro bodybuilders are taking, I could win the Miss Olympia. No, you couldn't. Look at the profiles of Mr. Olympia. You. We nearly always find that they were incredibly athletic at school. They did incredibly well in some other sport, whether that's wrestling, boxing, basketball, whatever. They were they were they were wearing the jacket. They had that athletes thing going on, and then they found bodybuilding. The genetics need to be there. Some of these guys look like bodybuilders before they started bodybuilding. Uh, you know, I had a split biceps when I was I think 15, 16, 17 years of age. Steve, we had two heads of the bicep. Always had a four pack when I was that age. So, you know, I just got in a different direction in terms of my strength. I never had any idea where I was going to go in my physique, but my ability it ended up being grip strength. I'm a big, strong motherfucker, but my grip is outstanding to the point where I've won multiple British and, and European titles. Did I think about that when I was 15? No. 
So the stereotype, what people think bodybuilders are like, what people think steroid-using athletes are like versus the reality, they don't get it. You've touched on this before, Steve. Basketball players, the next day after a match, biggest perhaps final competition of the year, they will be up at the crack of the dawn the next day because that's what they do, practicing for the next championships and 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 working, analysing their mistakes. Did I make any mistakes in that big game that we won yesterday by 40 points? Yes. What can I do to correct those mistakes? Those are things that people that would like to be like that don't see. They don't understand it. They don't get it. So the stereotypes are many and various. What about you, Steve? What have you come up against in terms of stereotyping for yourself? So, you know, just touching on on that and adding to it, Mobster, how many times do you see where an athlete gets busted for using PEDs and then someone, you know, people will chime in and they'll be like, well, he only got to where he was because of anabolic yeah. steroids or yeah. or they'll see a bodybuilder. It'll be um, on some stupid like social media site like Yahoo or Twitter. I think the dumbest people in, in the yeah. world are seem to be on Yahoo and Twitter. <laughs> Top level athlete, Steve. David Beckham's a footballer. His mum and dad were taking him to Sunday League matches when he was, I think, seven years of age. So he got to be one of the best footballers in the world because he was playing fucking football, competitive football, yeah. Sunday League football, when he was seven, in the rain, in the cold, in the wind, in the sunshine, in the snow, when he was seven. Yeah. So and this is what I never- tell... But this is this is it's very simple. Look, if you really believe that that they got to where they're at just from steroids, it's steroids that did it. Then you go do steroids and you prove it. Why don't you go do it? You go and let's see if you can bodybuild and look like these guys. Listen, we see guys come on the forum all the time, and they're like, "Man, I want to look good." We just had a guy go on there. Now he's arguing with a moderator. I don't know why the moderator is wasting his time um, arguing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know the thread you're talking. You're, I know the thread. You know the thread, mobster. But look, you're wasting your time. Look, people are going to believe what they want to believe. But look, at the end of the day, you want to go use steroids because you think that you you can look a certain way, or you're going to act a certain way, or you're going to get women, or any of this stuff. Uh, you believe in all this? Oh, that crap. one! <laughs> I just realized the one you mean, Steve. <laughs> well, I mean, look—if you think that, then go do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Prove it. Let's see it. Go do it. Let's see. Let's let see me, you get let all me the quote women on that one. Let your... me quote on that one. You've actually done podcasts in the past when you and uh, one of our other reps uh, and moderators was doing uh, advice for listeners, and 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 I know this, right? So you imagine that this is one of those stereotypes again. If I be big and muscular. And this is exactly the example we're thinking of. I'm going to be more popular with women. No. What you might be, because you're bigger and muscular, is more confident. And confidence is unfucking believably attractive. You, you, So long as you're not fucking hideous and you're confident, you can actually hold a conversation. And to use the phrase of over here, which I think you probably have over there, there's a bit of back and forth, what we call banter. So she, she's kind of feeling you out. You need to be able to sort of bounce back with a quip or a comment and at the same time make her feel good just for pulling your chain, just for jerking, jerking you around a little bit. And then all of a sudden she thinks you're a nice guy. You're, you're might be interested. He's a bit of a jerk, but he's, uh, he's a nice jerk, whatever. You got your in. The, the, the amount of guys that are doing the dating stuff that would wear a stupid hat with a fucking feather in it and the woman comes over and says, why you got a feather in your hat? Boom, you've got a conversation going. It's not because of steroids. It's not. I'm, I'm, you might... And this is with very, very few users have the thing where the higher testosterone or a level of testosterone, sensible level of testosterone, naturally occurring, never mind from PEDs, 
it means you're more likely to take risk. And that's the reason why the difference between men and women. So there's an argument that said you're more likely to go to the club and talk to multiple women and you maybe get knocked back, shot down and burned, whatever, five times. But the sixth time, the person, the lady, whoever, wants to stop and talk to you and boom, you've got an in. You're, you're having a nice time. That's, that's it. And that, that comes from a degree of confidence and that might come from testosterone. In a particular example we're thinking of, his own stereotype, person in question, member in question, is that he is involuntarily celibate, incel, as, it, as the phrase goes, because he doesn't take steroids. That's just right there. It's wrong. So, you know, you don't become more handsome or more attractive, and you don't inherently, if you can't hold a conversation before, you're not suddenly become eloquent and well-read and able to have that back and forth because you took a steroid. So that's rubbish. And another example, this is a a, 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 a a lie or a truth is steroids are steroids a gateway drug no that doesn't mean a steroid user never used narcotics of course there are steroid users that use narcotics but then there's plenty of people that don't use steroids that use narcotics those effects way 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 more so the reality of the situation is well there might be a tiny percentage for who that's true for the great majority it's not you don't go I'm going to take Dynabol today and heroin tomorrow. It doesn't happen like that. If you're an idiot, if you have uh, issues with drugs, if you are an addictive type personality, that can happen. But for the typical steroid user, it won't happen. It's just not a gateway drug. You don't go from one to the other. You might have to go and get steroids from someone that sells narcotics, but that's not what you're there to buy. And indeed, you don't need to do that. That's why we have approved sources. They don't sell narcotics. It's not necessary. So, arguably, is steroid a gateway drug? No. Just because you're using steroids doesn't make you, quote, unquote, a drug user or an addictive type personality. You might actually need an addictive type personality to get to the gym and plug away and eat a certain way, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're suddenly going to get into narcotics. So, there's an example. Another, another piece of bullshit is that Taking steroids means you don't have to eat clean. And I've addressed this multiple times, Steve. And I'll use the exact person that I've used multiple times before. Dexter Jackson, a.k.a. and the Mr. Olympia, a.k.a. The Blade. Called The Blade because there was almost, I'm probably going to say never really appeared on stage out of condition. Sometimes amazing and sometimes slightly less, but always in condition and certainly always in condition compared to everybody else. And he said this, what makes you think with my genetics, if I could do the, if it fits your macros, which means basically eat any old crap, so long as the protein, the carbs and the fat ratios are right, I wouldn't do that. Why do I, AKA the blade with the reputation for being ripped, eat clean? Because I fucking need to. And because I want to win the Misty Olympia. So you've got guys out there with amazing genetics that use steroids it doesn't mean that they don't have to eat clean. They want the same edge, the same advantage as the next guy, the one they want to beat. And if he eats clean and he's got great genetics and he's using drugs, then they need to eat clean. There's too many, especially younger listeners again, but especially younger uh, gym users that think you can get away with eating shit and having a beer at the weekend if you're using steroids. They might have a small amount of genetic advantage, especially when they're younger, Steve, to stay lean. But it will change as they get older. And they suddenly realize that you do need to diet. You do need to clean. You do need to cut those beers out of the weekend. So there's another one that's a lie. Any more that you've got there, Steve? One of the stereotypes is that, you know, bodybuilders, they're, they're these 
um, basically brainless guys who abuse animals and hate animals and they're tough and they don't love and they don't have any type of heart or any of this stuff. Like Mobster and I, we're big, we're big animal uh, supporters. We, you know, we, uh, we rescue cats. I mean, Mobster has yeah. like 10 yeah. different cats. Four. Don't make me like some cat man I've ever there, man. I've got four cats. If another one showed up at this door, he would take it in. I'll put it that way. I've been tempted. Don't tempt me anymore. So, like, right now in my neighborhood, I have a stray cat. And every evening, every evening, I don't care how tired I am from the gym. I don't care if I'm, like, throwing up after the gym, whatever. I walk down there every single evening with a plate of food to feed that stray cat. And, um... I make sure it's okay when it had like an injury. I took it to the vet, uh, paid out of my pocket to give it some antibiotics, make sure it was okay. So listen, we love animals, Momster and I. We're, yeah, we're really yeah. big on animals and we we always are helping people. Neighbors need I, anything. I think we're helping one, people. Yeah, yeah. One, one of our forum members who comes across in very much a stereotypical uh, steroid-using bodybuilder who would be exactly like me and you, Steve, I believe. And you know who I'm talking about. I think he's got dogs. Uh, they might be working dogs, but he's definitely got dogs. And I think it would be exactly like us. If one of those dogs died, he would cry like a bitch. And I've done it. I, I'm not putting him down because I've done it. Right? And I'll probably be the same when one of my cats goes, right? So there's this thing out there that we come across in a certain particular way. And hell, I've, like I said earlier on, Steve, I've looked like the stereotype. I've had my head shaven with the beard gum. It's just a typical strong man thing. And again, uh, these I, I did. I can tell you, I've got buddies that look like strong men with the tattoos, with the facial tattoos, they've the head tattoos, the tattoos on the neck, and they've got these tiny, tiny little dogs, kind of like things you can put in your pocket, handbags and stuff. Them and their girlfriend or partner, whoever, they've got these one or two tiny little yappy things. So the stereotype would be that we should have some massive great hound. The stereotype should be that we are to quote, as the English phrase goes. As thick as two short planks. In reality, as I said earlier on, higher education, almost to a fault, certainly higher than average IQ, even if it's only an IQ in a particular area like nutrition or training or whatever, still that we would be outstanding if we were tested on that particular thing. Pet lovers, like Steve said, not, you know, walking around with pit bulls on leashes and stuff and macho bullshit or whatever else. Uh, some of the most tattooed people I know, and again, I'm thinking of strongman competitions that we put on back in the day, we had one particular person whose nickname was actually Tat17. He's still a good buddy of ours from back in the day. And he brought a buddy whose nickname, I think, was something like the Weasel. And half his face, literally like a line down the middle, was tattooed. And he sat with the strength athletes and kept them laughing all afternoon. He was cool as fuck. He had them laughing and relaxed in between events. And he was just a nice guy. So the idea that you think when you look at him was being absolutely, you know, he's like a sort of child beater or something. There's going to be a monster. There's going to be... He's kind of looking across as evil, and he was so cool. So, and again, this is something else, just from bodybuilding and strength training and stuff. Right, I'm a selfish as fuck when it comes to wanting to win, but I have been the most helpful guy, and we're doing this podcast, we're putting out information, when it comes to helping people, especially once I know that I've won. I will help lift up the third, the second, the first, whoever, to make sure that they perform at their best. So even if they can't beat me, they will still do their best. I'll show them where to put their hands I'll shout at them. I saw it yesterday at the competition I went to. One athlete's already put the last stone up, runs around. Come on, buddy, put your hands here. You can do it. You can do it. He knows he's not going to beat him because he's already beaten him. But he still wants him to succeed. He still wants him to get that last stone. 
to make himself walk away feeling positive and know that maybe the next time if I can do it, because my buddy just showed me how to do it, I'll do better again. So supportive, loving, uh, pet lovers, that whole thing. There's so many different things out there. Again, like I said, Steve, I can understand where people get it from. Here's a classic example where the media loves the idea versus the reality. So the number of times that I've seen uh, some person has gone on some rampage or some done, committed some atrocity, and it will say at some point he used to weightlift or used to be a bodybuilder. In reality, he might have done a few press-ups and curled a curling bar once. But so long as they can find out in his background and his history, there's a picture of him in the gym. Therefore, all people that lift weights are murdering nutfucks. No, just the person you found. And the same percentage as it was before. It's not changed. It's not any different. In fact, here's a great argument, Steve, and I think you'd agree with this. The number of guys that I've met, women and male and females, that do fight-type sports, MMA, boxing, jiu-jitsu, BJJ, anything you like, outside of the dojo, outside of the ring, they're calm, they're relaxed. There's going to, always going to be a small percentage or not, but the great vast majority have learned discipline. They learned to fight in the ring, in the dojo, on the map, and they learned to channel their aggression there. So they might be an absolute killing machine, smash the granny out of you, knock your teeth out, put you into a hospital, whatever, in the fight arena. But outside of the fight arena, oh, my God, he's in hospital. I need to go and see him. Let's make sure he's okay. They, they wanted to demolish you in that situation, but the moment they've demolished you and they've won, they're concerned about you. Outside of the ring, they don't fight. They know that they can hurt you. They know that they can demolish you, so they don't fight. In fact, I'd argue the same thing with strength training. You get to the point where you imagine it, you lift weights, you bodybuild, you become incredibly muscular, you can be, kick anybody's ass. Maybe you can, but you never do because you don't need to because you don't have anything to prove. So the, the, the thought process is one, but the reality is something else. I couldn't tell you, Steve. I'm having to think now. I was going to say I couldn't tell you, but the last time I hit someone was 2013 was the burglar that broke into this property I'm in now. So he had it coming. I don't think I've hit anybody since then. So what's that now? That's 10 years. The size of a fucking house. I haven't had to hit anybody for 10 years. Uh, people should be picking on me left, right, centre. Never happens. I can talk. I say hello. How are you? If I fuck up, I apologise. If people think they can hit me, I'm like, yeah. Do you really want to? All that kind of stuff. And nine times out of ten, well, a hundred times, never happens. So I haven't had to. I think the same applies to you, Steve. I know you're a tough little motherfucker. When was the last time you had a fun? You know, to think, think people give you shit or whatever else. Yeah. Never. I, I I had um you know the story. I had an old neighbor who uh, this yes guy yes was, we talked uh, about this yeah he had some type of you know mental illness. He was doing drugs and he uh he got offended by something I said. So one day he I was like hey how you doing? He got upset at me. He ran up on me and he started getting into my face and cursing and all this stuff. And I just stood there, man. I just stood there and and, and that really enrages them more because if you if you do something. Then they're gonna. That's just gonna make them. That actually gets them more mad if you just stand there and stay calm. It's like I don't give a fuck, dude. You want to yell and scream and curse? You want to look like an idiot? Then look like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna stand there and and laugh at you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So I've never once. I mean, I've never once really like you know if you go and work out all the time it, because we work out all the time. We're we're really all that beer batter basically gets removed from our bodies so when you run into us outside of, uh, of yeah. the gym outside of our playground chill. you were chill like because we yeah, got out of i don't have the energy 
to to get upset and get you know road rage on people and stuff so if you look at people who are like that the majority of them you know obviously it's a mental illness thing which is very very prevalent but yeah. it's also it has to do with they're not exercising so really i would say the stereotype that were these these angry road rage road yeah. rage people who we don't you know go crazy it's the opposite because we're working out and we got all that beer batter out of our system all the time and we it's kind of our therapy to do that to exercise so people who don't exercise who sit around and just worry about shit all day and and they fud and they're paranoid and you know what i'm saying and they're addicts they're all, they're doing alcohol to calm down they're vaping, they're smoking, all this stuff mm. that people do, eating crappy food, which is basically their way of balancing themselves out. They're just making themselves more unbalanced. So really- Here's I'm another example, Steve. Let me jump in here. So, so as Steve says, the, what people are talking about and how they respond, and even these mythologies, these stereotypes, is as often as not a reflection of themselves. Okay, so let me give you an example. I know a buddy, a good buddy of mine, uh, great reputation for fighting, and I've seen him throw people out of clubs like it wasn't shit. But equally, it wasn't shit. I mean, what do I mean by that? He physically grabbed them and moved them out of the club, but he doesn't get excited. He doesn't take it personally. He's forgotten about you 10 seconds after you've left the club. Just don't come back. Fuck off. Do, 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 do what you got to do. And then back in the club doing whatever the hell he needs to do as far as being a doorman or throwing people out or whatever else, right? There's no big deal to him. Equally, and I won't name him on, on, on the podcast, but I've had to give him a cuddle because his mum was here with COVID. He was getting really upset. So I was literally having so you're right, buddy, and give him a fucking cuddle and do the old man hug shit and whatever, uh, just to calm him down and make sure that, you know, he's got a buddy that's going to support him and all that kind of stuff. Proper emotional shit, right? So the idea that, you know, this is fucking mythology, whatever. And again, I actually throw that on the, on the fighters. Some of the fighters I've, not, I've been around and people that I'm aware that are high in their own particular niche or sport exactly the same they, they they love they hate they do all the stuff everybody else's i think in terms of like as you said the road rage thing you mentioned i've had that once once the amount of times i was out with my buddy or my brother when he was alive saying <laughs> the people and whatever i'm like eh, it's a big deal there it go i've done it once right honestly i think maybe once or twice ever and i'm aware obviously i'm a big motherfucker so you have to you even have to think about how you're perceived by other people so the thing that i've had I did a job before where people, just because of the role that I was playing, the job that I had, they disliked me. It wasn't me as a person. It was the fucking uniform and the thing that I was doing. And on occasion, they'd be shouting and hollering, and I'm like, hey, if you want to have a fight, let's have a fight. But I'll be like, chilled about it. And they'll be like, what the fuck? He's, he's ready to have a fight? Yeah, if you want. But I've only got 10 minutes, man. It's nearly tea time. I'll have a cup of tea in a minute. And then they calmed the fuck down because they couldn't. They realized I was ready for it, but it, it didn't happen. And I knew that it wouldn't happen. And if it had happened, I thought I could handle it. So that was coming across as well. And then it's all calmed down. As it, Steve says, the beer bat has gone, the adrenaline is dumped, whatever. And then you'd get something. The stress, the boss has been giving them shit. They're running behind. The silly little fine that I was about to give them just the icing on the cake. They're having a shit day and I was about to make it shittier. But now we're talking. Now we're chilling. Now we're almost you know, getting ready to light up a cigarette, not ice smoke, but that's what they're doing. And we're all like, you know, man, you're cool. You're all right, actually. And all that, it just went. So this would happen all the time. And again, like I said, people will see Steve with a six-pack. They will see me 300-plus pounds, and they will have their perception of what we look at, that stereotype versus the reality. The reality is, been to the gym, drove myself into the ground. 
I'm relaxed. I'm chill. I just want to sit down and sit here and chill. And I don't know, if you want to come and sit by me and talk, yeah, fine. If you want to, if you want to chew the fat, fine. If you want to tell me how bad your day is, fine. If I don't want to listen, I'll fuck off, whatever. But what I'm not going to do is go around in some thumping, crazy, tattooed motherfucker, Mohican, whatever, which is how a lot of people with my size, shape, et cetera, would look, and be an arsehole. As I said, pretty much for me, it's if, if we meet another meathead, we're literally always, all right there, bro. There's, there's hardly ever some sort of sort of uh, look at that arsehole over there. We're literally nine times they're bumping chest or bumping fists and saying, yeah, man, well done. Down the gym. I don't know about you, Steve. I'm the same. In the gym, um, I'll go around, go on, son, do another rep, whatever, all that kind of thing. And I'm not giving him shit. A buddy of mine turned up the other day, just had some great weight land on his uh, knees and torn all the tendons in his knees. They had to have major, major operations to fix him. I spent, as I put it to another buddy this morning, 20 minutes fucking him up with the rehab that he needs to do so he can get back to walking like he was before. I don't need to do any of those things. I'm doing it because he's a buddy and I want to see him walk again. I want to see him kick ass. I want to see him back in the gym the way that he was before. I should be a meathead, Steve. I should be an ass. Ah, fuck him. But I'm not like that. I'm not like that because I don't have anything to prove. I know where I've been. I know who I am. I know what I've done. And for me, and I will say this, especially those of them that last a couple of years and then keep doing this, keep doing what you and I are doing, we can override the stereotypes. We can do stuff for charity. We can help old women across the road. We can rub, you know, kids' hair, ruffle their hair and all that kind of stuff. And we can come across as nice guys, even though we might look like some steroid using ourselves. And even with the steroid thing, let's just talk about the steroid thing specifically. We encourage, through this podcast and on the forums, education. Now, arguably, the whole thing with steroids, some of it is what we call pseudoscience, bro science. And a lot of it is just sheer practice of other users using a product and getting a certain result. And so we know that this is a typical result for most users. And that's where the information comes from. So we talk about podcast education. We talk about the articles on the forum. We have videos that are specific to one or two particular drugs. And I've said multiple times, go away and do your own research and come back and argue the point if you want with us. And in hell, if they correct us, Steve, then we've educated if we corrected them, they're educated. So what we're trying to put out there is good, solid information that comes from statistical, proven, back and forth between people like ourselves again and again and again and again over years and years and years to the point where we can talk about as much as possible safe use, uh, sensible dosages. We know that the diet is important. We know that nutrition is important. We always make sure to mention those things. And that is us trying as possibly can. What a stereotype. It makes us educated. It makes us sound good. What do you think, Steve, before we finish up? Yeah, I, I definitely disagree. And a lot of you are listening to this and you're like, well, you know, I never thought about, you know, this type of thing before. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there are people who are fitting the stereotype of what the media portrays out there. I just want to be clear about that. The problem is those are the people that seem to get the most likes and the most traction, most views uh, out there in the fitness industry. And that's basically a kind of, a, it's a yin-yang effect, you know? So if you guys see that out there with, with some of these guys and, and, and just don't watch their videos. I mean, you're going to get like algorithms that are going to send you to their videos. You may have been watching one of their videos and it sent you to us. You're going to see algorithms out there. There's, you know, you don't have to listen to those douchebags anymore. You know, so listen to 
a podcast that's going to educate you, that's going to make you a better person overall. And that's what we strive to do on, on our podcast here. They, on the other hand, they're not trying to do that. They're trying to put others down. They're negative and all that other stuff. So it's all about who you surround yourself with. You can absolutely fit those negative stereotypes if you surround yourself with bad people. We had a guy on the forum come. He's like, I just got out of prison. I want to get into fitness. I want to, you know, uh, get myself into better shape. You know, my friends go out to drink, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, first thing you got to do is you got to stop hanging out with these fucking friends. Those friends that you hang out with and you go to the bars with, and you go to the clubs with, and you're out till 2, 3 a.m., those are the ones that got you in, in trouble in the first place. So you got to stop surrounding yourself with these negative people and start surrounding yourself with more positive people. So, and it may take you completely revamping the friends that you're spending time with and be like mobster and just hang out with four cats for a while and then build some, some friends, you know, from there, you know, that's what it might take. The cats, the cats that mobster hangs out with, they're not going to get them into trouble. That's a perfect example. All right, buddy. I do community stuff, you asshole. <laughs> uh, let me finish off. I have the case. I've got, and I also do stuff in the community. I'm actually, I do the newsletter for the local wetlands community. Uh, I help them put together some photographs for the calendar. I'm a very good photographer, he says, modestly. I do really nice photographs of the event yesterday and of the local nature stuff. There's multiple interests. I like walking and stuff like this. And this is the thing about being a well-rounded individual. Uh, in order for the jobs that I've done in the past and the community stuff, I need to be able to talk to people, being confident, maybe because of the weightlifting, and maybe it's something ingrained into me. I'm also the oldest, so I'm a firstborn. So that's that leader thing, shepherd rather than the sheep thing going on, whatever else. Uh, personality type stuff but let's be honest Steve and I differ physically and yet Steve's exactly the same in that particular regards he's out there he talks to his neighbours he's got a cat he does stuff in the community he's done coaching with uh, kids uh, sports and this kind of thing so there's all this kind of stuff going on there we go we're putting back what we do and that's what you can do and you can become well-rounded and you can kick off against the stereotypes guys you can say to people you know this is what you think here's who I am and let them think what they want to think. I'll use a very quick analogy before we finish off, which comes from uh, shops, from selling, from marketing. And here's the thing, guys, is I think the argument is something along the lines of uh, it, how many cust positive customer experiences it takes to correct a negative one. So, for example, you, and, and the analogy is something like if you go to the shop and buy product X, and you think it's a really nice product. You might tell three people about product X. I had these sausages the other day. They were fucking amazing. If you have a bad experience, you'll tell 10 people. Uh, I went to the shop the other day. They didn't serve me. They were asked, they wouldn't let me buy those sausages. They're like, da -da -da -da. 10 people. Same thing applies to these kind of stereotypes. You could do lovely things all day long, but they'll remember that one time you was an arsehole. They'll remember that one time you looked like a steroid-taking freaky bodybuilder. So there's a thing out there. The stereotypes are, for the most part, wrong. Maybe one or two individuals in a hundred that actually make these stereotypes true. The other 98 do not. You could do, as I said, a load of things that make you an absolutely great person in the community, helping old ladies across the road, rescuing cats stuck in trees, whatever. That's even I seem to like. And and people will remember that one time you kicked off and shouted at them or whatever. That's That's other people. It's not you. It doesn't need to be you. And for the most part, as I say, it's just plain not true. There's no great drug use outside of the PDs. 
uh, maybe we could talk less about training when we meet people and stop using it as an example, uh, that kind of thing. But otherwise, you know, with Steve and I, we're, we're taking this educational stuff to a particular level. That's nothing we thought about when we started lifting weights. Uh, we, we, we try to inspire listeners of the podcast and people on the forums to become better than they was yesterday. That's something you don't think you're going to do when you're lifting weights and whatever else when you first start. So straight away, we're against the stereotypes. So that's what they are, for the most part, stereotypes. It's just plain good old-fashioned wrong. And whether the media like to do it, whether that random person who doesn't like you thinks it's because you lift weights and whatever else, and whether the young guy that's new to the gym, just getting into it, thinks that steroids is going to make him Mr. Olympia, it will not. Hard work, training, genetics, and just literal consistent application of effort for a long last time is going to improve his physique. Now, of course, come on the forums because we can help you with advice, with nutrition, by tweaking your diet, especially like the analogy Steve used just a few minutes ago. We can help him and we can put him on the path. And if he listens, he'll be a different person from what he, when he left prison and he's already made a good decision. He'll be a different person again in a year or two, Steve. And if we get him on the right path, he'll be doing podcasts. He'll be inspiring people. He'll be adding out that advice. And that would make an absolute great redemption story. That would be fucking amazing, Steve. Please note, we're not doctors and the opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.